Hi, this is Garrett Graham. You're listening to Pumpkin Spice Podcast. Welcome to Pumpkin Spice Podcast. It is a seasonal, artisanal treat that is over halfway done with the Children of the Corn series. I'm Rob Schulte. I'm Brittany. Hi. Brittany, here we are. Smack in the middle. Second half of the middle. We, I just went over that. Children of the Corn 5, Fields of Terror. Uh, did you make it through? I... Sometimes... <laughs> I don't know. Barely. No, I always make it through. I've never quit. All of these movies are under two hours long. We can do it. It's so weird, though, because some movies, they're just like, you start them and they're over before you know it. And then this one, I was like, blink, blink, still going? I There's a lot of story to fill into this like hour and 30 minutes. Too much story, some might say. Uh, yeah, the, I would be one of those people. You would be some, yeah, the some in some that of situation. Them, at least two. <laughs> Let's just start off and read the IMDb user submitted review. Mm-hmm. Are you with me? Yeah, here? let's do it. Six college students take a wrong turn and find themselves lost in a strangely deserted rural town, only to discover that this deceptively quiet place hides a murderous cult of children controlled by evil forces. Yet even as bodies begin cropping up all around them, the young friends decide to stay and rescue the children. Or die trying. Written by chance. So, I guess this may not have been written. It was supposed to be a fun road trip. Where are we? You're on private property. Town's about a mile that way. No. They're stranded in a desolate town. You people look a little lost. Is there a tow truck service? Nope. We're also looking for some friends in a convertible. We don't get a whole lot of tourists in here. They've been told to leave. I want you on that 8 a.m. bus out of here. You got it? But someone doesn't want them to go. No! And for them to stay alive, they must discover the secret of this town's dark mystery look evil in the face. I warn you, Sheriff. Children of the Corn 5. I thought this was like uh, the Children of the Corn series trying to do their version of a Scream film. Huh. They, they're high-named actors besides Alexis Arquette would be Ahmet Zappa and his character's girlfriend... Yeah, I believe that's Angela Jones, who plays Charlotte. Yeah. She played Ismerelda Villalobos in uh, Pulp Fiction, The Taxi Driver. I want to know what it feels like to kill a man. I can tell you. Anyway, so you've got the young, bigger actors die in your first, like, opening kill scene. And it's all kind of revolving around, like, late teens, early 20s youth and the horror monster he who walks behind the rose killing them but that's about as close to scream as it gets well this is kind of funny because this was like the least scary one you know my boyfriend was in the next room and it, it did you notice on maybe it's just my dvd that's like this but it was like the dialogue was very quiet 
And then any of the action. Oh yeah, was, the sound mixing was terrible. It was so bad, and so he was like calling from the next room, being like, "That sounds scary. Are you okay?" And I was like, "No, I'm good. It's just really bad movie." <laughs> Very annoying, and just the idea of the struggle of trying to watch this movie was hard. Like we have these Blu-rays and DVDs, but there's not much that's actually offering it up to stream either. Maybe people don't want us to see this film. I can't say that I would wish it on anybody, to be honest. Must be some sort of secret corn conspiracy. Well, you know, too, you were saying, though, the the teenager to young adult age range. They say six Mm -hmm. college students. I had to ask myself, like... Are these college students as in people who went back to college? <laughs> like, cause like they're, non-traditional yeah, students? Yeah, they're definitely not like 18 to 22. Maybe Eva Mendez, uh. maybe. But the rest of them, no. It's much like in Dawson's Creek. Hey, Rob. Yes, Brittany? Are you ready for cutting class? I am. Attention, faculty, and students. They're suspended. Not until your grades improve. Cutting class. The school is closed. You remember this. It's the fun factoids of when you and I go to the libraries that are new to both of us and uh, sift through everything that, uh, all the knowledge on earth out there about this film. I think the big thing that jumps out into my mind is that Alexis Arquette also starred in Bride of Chucky that came out this year. That Children of the Corn 5 came out. Wildly different success rate there. (laughs) Hey, did you know that this was actually Eva Mendez's first movie? What do you know Eva Mendez from? Oh, uh, all kinds of things. She's prolific. I I didn't know if there was something that like where she centers in your head about. I don't know. I really liked her in Hitch, but I didn't want to admit that. (laughs) (laughs) Now you put a gun to my head and I'm like, I saw Hitch twice. Oh, really? Because I like her. Where did you first learn about Eva Mendes? Was it this movie? Can we? <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, get off the me, Eva Mendes. What about Adam Wiley, man? Like, just move on. Oh, well, Adam Wiley. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> the director and writer of this movie, his name is Ethan Wiley. And the main bad kid in this movie, uh, the he who walks behind the rose proxy, is Adam Wiley. Wait, director and writer's Ethan Wiley. Yes, this kid is Adam Wiley, but Wiley is spelled different, but just enough that I feel like the director of this movie hired his son for this lead role and then just changed his name so that, you know, if you're Google searching or searching on IMDb, you're not getting the family. That's, I guess, that's a conspiracy for sure. Sure. I mean, I just could be completely wrong. Hey. You know what's crazy? Eva Mendes was in the Fast and the Furious franchise. That's right. And Training Day, The Place Beyond the Pines. Familiar face. I just needed a little bit more. Why did I have to say Hitch? (laughs) (laughs) I... I was so shocked, uh, you know, at at the top, you know, we were like, oh, Eva Mendez, Alexis Arquette, and then it's like, I was watching the movie, and like, what, halfway, three quarters of the way through, we meet David Carradine, and I was like, wait, yeah. what? Like <laughs> When the credits are rolling, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, I don't read. 
No, but what I'm saying is like, then I forgot by the time he got there and I was like, oh, thank God. Another like, they just filled up my tank of gas. Yeah. I can keep going. Yeah. Uh, But he ends up being a fake. Well. I mean, as an actor, he does a great job. Yes, of course. I bought it. He's not a real being. Yeah. Well, Kane Hodder has a cameo in this movie. He's the bartender when the kids first break down, the car explodes or whatever. Yes. Um, What's he he's from? The, he's the most famous Jason. Oh! Yeah, yeah. Well, not that famous. Just kidding. <laughs> well, there are a few, but a lot of people consider him the best. Oh, well, congratulations, sir. Yeah, congrats, Kane. Hope you're doing well, probably. I'm sure there's a lot of 80s horror documentaries and whatnot. Uh, I know I'll be watching some. Anywho, considering... How hmm-worthy this movie is, Brittany. Was there anything specific that made you go hmm? Girlfriend! Things that make you go hmm. Things that make you go hmm. Things that make you go hmm. Well, I have two things, which usually I have a laundry list. What do you think? Did you think we should go A, B? You go one, I go one. Yeah. You go one, I go one. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. So at the very, very beginning, you know, when they were credits, granted, I wasn't reading them clearly, but why was the font so corny? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. And also because it's children of the corny ass font. Yes. Children of the corny fonts. Yes. Yeah. We're going to have to post a picture alongside of this because it was so ridiculous. I was just like. But it's not Comic Sans. It might as well have been. Do you have any things that made you go, hmm? Oh, yeah, I had a thing that made me go, hmm? All of the Hot Topic clothes. The one kid with, like, oh, my God, like, their hair. Like, everything that was going on there actually was just, like, a lot. Yeah, that young gal who looked like she was one pacifier away from going to a rave. (laughs) Yeah! But was also, like, killing people in the corn. If we, you know, back in my day... When there was just one Children of the Corn movie, they all wore suspenders and big floppy hats. Yeah. At what point did it get to chain wallets and jinkos? Maybe it's because of Children of the Corn, what was that, three, where they were in the city. And then- uh, Urban Harvest. Yeah, they brought back the styles from the city. Probably. I mean, they weren't bringing Chris Brenner back. Look what you're doing to me, man. It's destroying uh. my brain. What's your next hmm? You must have another. Well, my favorite, this is so funny, but like when they're like driving, there's like two groups of teenagers or or college students. The first has a blow up doll and they like Mm. leave it. And then someone like the next car rolls up and they're like, hey, that's Scott's blow up doll. Like people recognize you left it here. (laughs) Do you think recognize you by your blow up doll? Like that's. That's something. Not a thing I want to be known for. Hey, but you know what? It made me think of. Hmm. You can cut this out if you want, but the the place where you lived is a bunch of rowdy boys in college. Oh, yes, that place. You guys had a blow-up doll? Don't know. Hey, let's not (laughs) put it in as you guys had a blow-up doll. Oh. Someone who lived in the house had a blow-up doll. There's like a picture of me and her with our arms wrapped around each other. I thought she was just like a part of the family, but whatever. (laughs) Well, I mean, you're just acting as if I had some sort of ownership over it. (laughs) If it was like a communal blow-up doll where... No. I didn't... I I would never. Exactly. I would never. (laughs) What other things made you go, hmm, other than this conversation? 
<laughs> oh, well, hmm. All of the discussions that were happening were far too rational, like in terms of the corn kids. Uh, with the with the first woman, Isabella Villalobos, dies, um, Ezekiel, the Adam Wiley kid, he's like, what if she's not alone? Ever think of that? If we go back to corn too... Those kids are standing across the street stabbing like wood figurines and just they don't they have no care for any authority. They're literally killing people in the streets. They're rubbing shit on their door. Old men are rubbing shit on their pants. <laughs> and yeah, they're staring they're throwing things in people's wheelchair spokes. But now we're supposed to like worry if they weren't alone. You got the power of he who walks behind the rose. You're making me go, hmm. Well, what about like the very first kill of the movie? They killed that lady's husband right in front of her. Yeah. Um, did you have any other hmms? Nope. We should move on to Maniac. One day, can we, instead of playing the, the sound clip that you d- did such a good job on, but can we do um the Maniac, Maniac, that's for sure. We'll see. Maniac. It will tear the life out of you. Mine's simple. Somehow, Ezekiel, the kid inhabiting He Who Walks Behind the Rose, now also has lightning power. It's just like, wait, now they can control the weather? I don't understand. Yeah. This goes even further. A buddy of mine, Jason Monet, he was uh, confused at why there was fire at the beginning. Was there fire at the end of another one that somehow would bring the demon from one person to another? He had watched this without watching any other corn movies. And yeah, same with the lightning, same with this. It's like, no, just give me some sort of connective tissue from movie to movie. But they're not giving us any of that. It's a maniac situation, Brittany. It doesn't make any sense. A little bit of effort. That's all I'm asking for. What do you got? The goatee on Greg. It's so bad. Another one. You know, his car crashes or whatever, and then they go back to the car, and then it's on fire. Yes. And he's like literally dropping to his knees being like, no, (laughs) which was- My car. But then the friends are like warming their hands by the fire (laughs) of the car. I was like, that's like not good timing. They're like, "Ah, it's so cold. I got to warm up my hands. I was like, this isn't the time. I do like when he's like on his knees, like crying about his car. The one guy's like, it's not that good of a car. Yeah. It's like, but it's the only one I have. He's like, but it's mine. Yeah. And it just feels a little unjust that my car is now on fire. I don't know the craziest thing a person did the craziest decision someone made in my opinion bring it on so even mendez they're in that haunt or not haunted house they're in that abandoned house yep eva mendez opens a cabinet in the kitchen a rat jumps onto her body and like stays on there for far too long as, too long as she screams and then jumps off and runs away right immediately the other woman Reaches up and opens a cabinet. I said, like... Why would you do that? Why would you do that? You know what? That's enough cabinets being opened. We know that what one option is. (laughs) Do we want to have that happen again? What's the other option? Maybe there's food? You're not going to eat out of these cabinets? Yeah. It's like you just saw a rat jump on someone's face. Maybe don't open the next door. (sighs) Well, I've got another section, Brittany, and it involves Eva Mendes. (gasps) Tell me about it. It's called Death Becomes Her. Now a warning. Live forever. 
They think I'm dead. You are, but you're not. Now he's dead. Are you telling me it doesn't hurt when I do this? It doesn't hurt. She's dead! Everybody's dead! Death becomes her. It's like a unique death per this movie that I'd like to highlight. Okay. And if you have one, you may highlight as well. I don't need to give you permission. I'm just, you know. Invitation. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Eva Mendez picks up the Fourth Testament or whatever, these corn kids Bible, starts reading about like three pages of it and decides this is the movement for her. And after going to one church event, decides that she'll sacrifice herself and dives into a burning silo of corn. That coincidentally is making the whole town smell like shit. I think that's just a little bit too much devotion and death definitely did become her yeah it sure did did you have a unique death well I didn't really have a unique death I guess I just would like to use this my platform as like a public service announcement oh okay let me get your special microphone Thank you. um everyone can we carry bring over this uh this podium okay here you go and action so you know at the end where like all the firefighters all the people were like catching on fire one after the other you know and so it's so crazy because like they're crawling around on their hands and knees oh yeah so crazy if you guys need a reminder if you're on fire it's stop drop and roll I don't understand. That was a big opportunity. Even if they stopped, dropped, and rolled and continued to be on fire, that would make more sense. But I'm not going to watch a bunch of firefighters crawl around on their hands and knees while they're on fire because that's not going to... Yeah, they know what to do. You, they should. Of everybody involved, you should know what to do to the firefighters. It's also really surprising that no one else was just like, hey, stop, drop, and roll. Yeah. <laughs> Can I start interjecting in the films like... Maybe we should just record our own audio commentaries. Yes. That'll show them. Anywho, Brittany, I think it's about time we talk about our big takeaway from this movie. It's a section we like to call The Thing. Can anybody hear me? We found something quite remarkable. We found something. Is this dork made of orange rock like the rest of his body? The Thing. Would you like to start off The Thing? Sure. Uh, The biggest takeaway, I feel like, it just goes back to the the blow-up doll. I always thought that she was going to come back at some point or there was going to be some kind of resolution with her. So maybe we'll find her in the next one, you know? Yeah, like a Chekhov's blow-up doll. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. It's in Act 1. You better bring it back at the end. I was so confused. I'm like, you can't reference the blow-up doll so many times because, you know, they tie her to the gas pump. I hear you typing. Are you Googling it? <laughs> I was making a note to myself about that. What happened with the blow-up doll in Children of the Corn 5? <laughs> no, it's something else they talk about uh, shortly after the blow-up doll scene, which leads me to my big takeaway. What's that? I was not Googling how many blow-up dolls. <laughs> um, the generic style of the 90s is represented in this movie, both in storytelling, where you'll see weak characters... No reason for Alexis Arquette to die in suicide. Like, that was just like a week out to give a character a brave moment. That even more so because they're all like traveling together because another friend had committed suicide. None of these things really tie together and it's weak. 
And that most certainly ties all of those weak plot points and story points with their clothing, which is also just a visual representation of the effort that went into this movie. (laughs) Oh, man. It's like they walked into a Walmart and said, can you show us the cool clothing department? And it really is. You've got like a couple shiny shirts. You've got a bowler shirt. You've got like a basic sundress. And then you've got t-shirt and jeans. But they all have that weird 90s cut and feel of like a little too baggy in all the wrong places. (laughs) And a little too like generically cool. Like each pair of pants also had like a painter's pocket and a place to hold a hammer. So yeah, that might sound a little convoluted. But I, you get where I'm coming from. No, absolutely. Every representation of Poor choices was made. Yes, exactly. If you went down a checklist, they um, checked it all off. At the easiest and worst points. <laughs> well, is it time to rate this movie? Yeah. I'm going to have to go with Vampiros Lesbos, because this is a wild card. I didn't hate watching it, though. Oh. Like, it was not good, but it was just dumb enough and just short enough that I would suggest it for that sort of pizza party Mystery Science Theater th- 3000 style watch. Interesting. Riff Traxy, you know? And I hate to be like such a negative about it because, but then I want to like harken back. It's like Children of the Corn 2, I did yes. actually enjoy. So that is evidence that I can enjoy bad things. But I didn't enjoy this one. And maybe no, it's... No, it's not very good. <laughs> well, you just said that you enjoyed it. I'm just saying, like, I can, I'm, I, I understand your voting method because this was a hard hard one for me. It was, it was. And there weren't, like, a lot of redeeming, like, you know, and, like, sometimes there's those yeah. weird sequences where you're like, what the fuck did I just watch? But there weren't a lot of those in this one. It was like, I was just saying to the boring, mundane things, just... What the fuck did I just watch, you know? Well, the fact that there's a burning silo of corn is just so wild to me that people would be like, okay, so that's the monster. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's just tell me what you got. And the baby at the end was, with the glowing eyes and the so freeze weird. frame. That was so weird. Uh, and it really just bookended the movie perfectly. I'm sorry, I'm trampling over yours. So what what was your rating? I think we all know what it's going to be. I loved it. I loved it. It's absolute scream. Oh, wow. No, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I got you. You were like, wait, what? I'm confused. I, I definitely thought. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible, Rob. And I can't believe you would recommend this to people eating pizza. They don't deserve that. I mean, there's a lot of things they can watch. I'm just saying. Yeah, watch something else. They know what they're getting ahead. They, they know what they're getting into if they've listened to this podcast. You're going with misery. Yep. Well, before we call it quits, Brittany, we do have to read a Letterboxd review. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, I found one that's two stars by Isabel, and it goes like this. The best thing about the Children of the Corn movies is that each one has completely different lore. Hmm. That's it. I guess that's something that, um, you know, you could... Yeah, that's kind of a review. You can kind of say that. It's about as much of a review as this podcast. Um... <laughs> <laughs> And we, we had uh, decided that we're going to read the uh, movie bio for the next film at the end of each one. What and is the so next film, Rob? Oh, the next film was Children of the Corn 666, Isaac's Return, which we're going to have a guest <gasps> on. Um, that, Who is it? That guest's name is Adam Pranica. You may know him 
from The Greatest Generation, The Greatest Discovery, Friendly Fire, or author of The Three Temples Theory. He'll be joining us for Children of the Corn 666 Isaac's Return. And that movie bio goes like this. Hannah is the daughter of one of the original members of a murderous cult composed of children who worship a demonic spirit called He Who Walks Behind the Rose. Hannah travels to her hometown of Gatlin, Nebraska to find her mother and explore her past. Upon her arrival, Isaac, the original cult leader, begins to wake from a coma. As Hannah tries to find out the truth about her lineage, violence, threats, and strange rituals surround her. Wow. That sounds like it might be good. Yeah, it might actually be kind of cool, and it's... uh, (laughs) I think his name's John Franklin, who was in the first one. Uh-huh. So he returns to the role. He, they were like, you know what? We've been missing the last five. We've been missing John. Uh-huh. John needs to come back. Yeah, let's get John back. And uh, it's going to be great. Brittany, there's only one last thing to do, and that's to thank our buddy Jeremy Siegel, who uh, composed the new theme to Pumpkin Spice Podcast. We so appreciate it, and I love it. I just jam out to it when I'm getting ready to go out with the girls. It's so good. It gets us uh, really vibing in the ways that we'd like to vibe. (laughs) Sounds like a personal (laughs) situation. (laughs) Yeah, just don't tell anyone when you listen to it. Yeah. You know? Um, Close the blinds. Yeah. Uh, light a candle <laughs> <laughs> anyway he's gonna have a patreon page coming out that he's gonna be putting his music on and when that happens we will put a link to his stuff so maybe it'll happen by the time this episode comes out so stay tuned you tell quincy have a good one okay and can you let clive know that if he doesn't go to the bathroom outside i am going to be disappointed yeah i will i will definitely let him know Thanks. Okay. See you later. All right. Bye.